Hey guys, quick note before we get into the deep dive of The Last of Us Part 2. Jason and I had a ton of fun doing this live show on Facebook. Uh, In fact, it was, I think, the most fun I've ever had podcasting in general. Uh, But I did not have the foresight to let him know in advance that he needed to record his own voice lines for the podcast version. And so as a result, the audio that you're hearing was taken straight from the live stream, and it's not the best. I did what I could to sort of amplify it and clean it up a little bit, Uh, but it's, it's not the quality that I would have liked. Uh, you'll also hear the various like alert sounds uh, of people reacting and sharing the stream at various points uh, because I am an idiot, again, and did not turn off that, that sound cue. <laughs> so, all that said, if you can stomach the audio quality, and boy, I hope you can, uh, you're in for a treat. This was, again, really fun to record, uh, and it was just a really great conversation that I got to have with a really good friend about The Last of Us Part Two. So, that's enough of me talking. Let's get into it. Get dummy thick. I got Ike and Jake, they spit in this. They learn news for all your ears. So come on, y'all, let's gather near. Hello and welcome to the Dummy Thick Gamer Show. This is a special episode as I try to figure out how to. Turn down the theme music. There we go. Getting that out of here. This is a professional production, isn't it, Jason? Yes, it is. Oh, and guess what? Desktop this. audio wasn't on, so nobody got any of that. Hello and welcome to the <laughs> Dummy Fit Gamer Show. I was just saying that this is a very professional production as I try to tweak all of the little knobs and ends on my end here. Uh, still very much learning how to produce a live show. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, this is a special episode of the Dummy Thick Gamer Show, as I previously discussed. Uh, we're going to be talking about The Last of Us Part 2, and I have recruited the help of a very dear friend of mine, Jason Rosario. Hey, Hello, Jason. Okay. Hello. How are you, Ben? I am fantastic. I had plenty of time to reflect on this fun game, so... yeah. Yeah, same. Um, you you don't have a Twitter handle, so as people may notice, um, I just put AKA the cutest man in, that has ever lived in the lower left here, um, and it's true. Uh, I I love you so much. Our, our our relationship we we go way back, don't we, Jason? We do. Long time. <laughs> it's been uh, almost ten years now. I think I, I'm I moved up there in 2012, and yeah, to Kansas City. Yeah. From from Florida. Yeah. Now I live in Boston. Miles, yeah, miles away. Time flies. Like, yeah, really. It it's crazy to think that that was that long ago. Ten years. Uh, wow. <laughs> Just about, yeah. Um, yeah, so what have, what have you been up to since then? Living life, working, gaming. You've lived in several it, places, right? You've been kind of bouncing w- around. So I went... Uh, from Kansas City to back to Florida to Georgia back to Florida and now to Boston. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. And are you are you in Boston for good? There's no chance that I can I wrangle mean, you back to Kansas City ever. I mean, I'm getting married in like 2 months, yeah. so unless you can convince uh my partner to to do it. Okay. Okay. I think I could I could I could work something there. We could make something happen. <laughs> Is there is there anything about Kansas City that you miss? 
the food. The food. Yeah, I, mi- I miss some tasty barbecue. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Joe's is pretty good. Yeah, we like some Joe's for sure. Uh, well, man, it's it's good. To, it's good to see your face. I um I hate that like it's taken a a dumb video game podcast to get us in the same sort of space together and <laughs> and talking because I do miss you a lot and uh I miss you too, man. I am I'm just glad you're here and that we can finally talk about this freaking video game um i i I haven't talked to anybody really about it i sort of like uh skylar was over (laughs) the other day and i sort of just dumped all of this information about the last of us 2 that i've been holding (laughs) deep inside and she she was like i you know i'll listen because i know this like means a lot to you but uh i don't get it (laughs) so aside from that i really haven't spoken to anybody about this about this incredible video game yeah, um, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. I haven't really talked to anybody. Uh, I talked to Chris a little bit, maybe, yeah. but um, they might want to play the game at some point. So I wasn't able to talk to them too much. So yeah, in the same boat. Yeah. So before we get into anything here, uh, let me just go over my intro. So this is a bonus deep dive episode of the Dummy Thick Gamer Show, the only video game podcast that takes a bold stance against any and all types of ferns. Deep dives are just the Dummy Thick brand of spoiler cast. So consider this your warning. We will be heavily spoiling The Last of Us Part 2. It's in the thumbnail. It's in the description. And now I have said it out loud. You have been warned. Um, lucky for you, you can listen to this entire episode on the podcast service of your choosing uh, after you have finished the game and have had some time to sort of reflect and digest those very complicated feelings that you are undoubtedly feeling after you've seen the credits roll. Um, don't forget, if you're watching live, I need your help with three things. React to this stream so that it stays visible in the algorithm. Share this stream to help us grow our audience if you feel like it. You know, I'm not holding you at gunpoint. Nobody's nobody's peer pressuring you here, but... If you, if you feel it is right in, in your soul, then please do it. Uh, and feel free to chime in with your thoughts and questions about The Last of Us Part Two in chat. Um, as they sort of come to you as we're talking about, about the game, feel free. And we will address them sort of as they come. Um, please know, we put a lot of work into this show every week. And it means the world to see anyone listen and support with their time, with their energy, and with their ears. So thank you very much. Uh, so without further ado, uh, I think what we should do, Jason, is sort of break this down into um, four parts. So, and okay. I think you can kind of break The Last of Us Part 2 down into four distinct parts. You've got the prologue. Yeah. You've got the prologue. You've got uh, Seattle Days 1, 2, and 3 with uh, the Ellie playthrough. And mm-hmm. then 1, 2, 3 again with the Abby playthrough. And then uh, Santa Barbara and the epilogue. Yeah. Um, so I think we just, I don't know. I mean, there's so much to talk about in this game. So I guess we just start at the beginning here. And um, we can like talk about sort of mechanics and all of the little like nits uh, or nits, the like nitty gritty as we kind of, as we kind of go along and unravel the story. Um, Or do we, okay. So um, I I mean, there's just so much, like I I don't even know like how to begin. Um, Well, I mean, if you want to talk about mechanics, uh, Really, it played a lot like the first one, and I enjoyed that. Uh, I did enjoy the first time around going through as Ellie that uh, the shiv mechanic was gone. I'm like, oh, my God, I hated this. Of course, later on, when you get to Abby in the second part, the shiv mechanic is back, and you have to like build your shivs to kill clickers. And I'm like, no, fuck. The shiv I- mechanic. 
I'm trying yeah, to think. so in the first one, you had to craft shit. Oh, you're talking you didn't about from have the a first knife. game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you didn't have a knife. Uh, and Ellie has a knife. So it just made most of her part of, uh, like, the prologue and her story so much easier gameplay-wise, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so, I guess, and then uh, moving into this game, she just has, like, she just, like, strangles people. Is that what what you're getting at like it just takes longer to like down people no it's just like using the resources to craft shivs was annoying in the first one gotcha and it was annoying with abby's playthrough but i guess if we're going in order we'll i'll try to stick with with just the prologue stuff (laughs) yeah we're not Um, starting all the way back at the last of us part uh, part one jason yeah (laughs) i don't feel like I didn't remember hardly anything from, from the Last of Us Part One moving into uh, into Part Two, and yeah. that was a little con- like I feel like I would have benefited greatly from going back and playing just the DLC part, which I never played through at all. I completely yeah. missed that that DLC. I forgot what it's called, um, but there's I, I keep hearing there's some cool tie-ins between um, between that expansion and this game. So like they they like yeah. reference that expansion a few times. Um, yeah. So I, I definitely want to go back now and play that expansion just because. Yeah, it's absolutely worth it. Uh, it does fill in a few gaps, but honestly, it's nothing really world breaking. Yeah. Um, you get the gist of the story uh, that you may have missed in the DLC um, just going throughout the campaign. But uh, for the most part, it sticks to the main story of uh, Last of Us. So, so. I, I, I liked how it kind of bled in and it was. It felt like it's a direct consequence of the first one, yeah. Which is something that I really liked because a lot of times, even just looking at Naughty Dog, if you look at the Uncharted series, very rarely do you see them like go back and reference a previous treasure hunt that Nathan was on, mm-hmm. like unless it was like for comic relief or something to kind of share his bond with Sully or something like that. Uh, it was like just completely off the map. Whereas this one. The second one exists as a direct impact of the first one. Right. Yeah. Like we're seeing the consequences of yep. the groundwork that has been laid in the first game. Yeah. Um, agreed. Yeah. The, the I mean, the world building is just f- fucking incredible in this yeah. <laughs> in this video game. So, uh, prologue. This game opens up right. The first sort of uh, scene that we get is with Joel and Tommy, right? And yep. Joel is is sort of confiding in his friend. Um, what what went down in that hospital that day that he yep. that he saved Ellie's life at a at a great cost, you know. Yep. Um, we get that, and Tommy is uh, sort of soaks it in, and I I love Tommy's character too. I don't know who plays him, but uh, does an incredible job. Yeah, um, I feel like all take... the voice acting in this game is like on point. Right. No, it's so good. He sort of takes in that information and is like, "All right, man. Like, I'll I'm gonna take that. Like, I'll I'll take that. I'll take your secret with me to my grave." Um, and then we see them like ride together uh, in our like first glimpse of this world, and uh, already was just blown away. We're, we're seeing that now on stream where they open the garage and the the leaves sort of like float up with the garage door. Yep. Uh, and they sort of ride off like just the God rays coming in like, Oh, okay. So this is the last of us part two. This is like, yeah. uh, just a, a <laughs> I mean, it seems like a cop out to, to like talk about, 
you know, how pretty games are now in 2020 because most games are pretty. Yeah. Most games are not the last of us part two pretty. <laughs> <laughs> also true. They went above and beyond to make this as real as possible and right. in more ways than one, which is kind of scary. And I'm sure we'll touch on it later. Yeah. Gorgeous yeah. video game just with the God rays and, uh, you know, the prologue of this game might be, you know, in, like you said, in sharp contrast to the rest of the game, <laughs> which yep. is very, which is uh, very, very dark. So, um, I don't know. I think we just like hit some highlights of, of the prologue. Um, so we get into, um, I don't know. Do we just talk about the death? <laughs> Do we just jump I to mean, that? Like, that's like, I mean, let's the be main honest. thing, right? I- everything outside of I'm, I'm sort of like tiptoeing around like, it but everything outside of the death is pretty much null and void like the only thing that kind of carries over past the death is Ellie's relationship with Dina and that's yeah that's it well and I'm you know I'm just trying like there's so much in, the, in this game like I'm trying to think through all of the moments because there are so many in this game that are so heartfelt and impactful um yeah. you know we're seeing the guitar on Joel's back right now that he was sort of um, cleaning or polishing with his cloth. And on that yep. guitar, there's uh, the moth that we see later yep. tattooed on Ellie's arm. Yep. Um, and so he, he gives this guitar to Ellie um, a, a little bit later on in this prologue. Um, and that, that, that scene, like <laughs> this was the first point in this game where I, where I, I cried, I teared up. <laughs> um and it's just a credit to uh, um, why am I blanking on his voice actor, who's like the most well-known games Troy voice Baker. actor, Troy Baker. Thank you. I'm. It is a, <laughs> a great sin that I have just forgotten that guy's name. <laughs> um, but man, his performance—you know, singing that Pearl Jam song to Ellie—and uh, you just get this sense of like yep. how much Joel loves Ellie. You know, like this, he like Ellie really has become his daughter, you know, yep. and he, he loves her as, as, as his daughter. Yeah. Um, and there's a, an interesting backstory. I don't know if you were able to watch that kind of funny, uh, podcast with, uh, that Greg Miller hosted with, uh, Neil Druckmann and Troy Baker and Ashley. I, I didn't get the chance to, I wanted to, you, but you should I go back and, and listen to it. I'm going to keep harping on it because it's so good. Uh, but they <laughs> talked right. about how that song sort of became, um, uh, the sort of through line through this um, and the sort of inception of that song. And they did like a, a live show um, where they sort of debuted that uh, specifically at that, at this live like reenactment of the last of us with Troy Baker, like all of the actors um, uh, really cool story. Um, go listen to it for yourself. <laughs> cool. It's so good, but there are so many of those moments that uh, just, just really like pull at your heartstrings. Um and then we see we see uh, Ellie and and Dina and um, is it Jamie? It's Jamie, Jessie. right? Jesse. Thank you. I'm really bad with names. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so they kind of go off on their sort of uh, their like their recon mission. There's some world building here. Um, yep. There's is the grow house scene on. I, I think it is. So we get the grow house scene, which is a, a, a definite highlight where they find. Yep. Uh, Dina's sort of mentor, I guess. His name is Eugene. Was he in The Last of Us Part One? 
Not from what I can remember. Okay, so he was just this sort of character that we never actually got to got to yeah. meet in this world. He uh, was but, he was Dina's patrol buddy, and they found his his grow house. And, yeah, yeah. And the only like, reason it, the only reason why I ask if it, if, he, if he was in The Last of Us Part One is because his character, even though we never met Eugene, feels like a like fleshed out. Like he has a whole entire backstory, like the way that they talk about him. Um, and just like explore, and this is one of the things I love about what they do with it is just exploring his grow house, like yeah. going around. You yeah. find out he was a firefly, and he was into like I'm, all these I other missed, electronic I missed, things. I missed so much on my first playthrough. <laughs> there, like, there's a bunch of little things. Like, they fully flesh out his character for somebody that you've never met before. And Did you find his porn collection. If his porn collection exists, I didn't find it. So he has a porn collection, and Dina pulls out uh, a V eight, like a VHS or something, and it's titled "Crash Crash Brandy's Cooch." <laughs> <laughs> but I totally it's missed great. that on my first playthrough. Like, there's so much. He's got a he's got like a gas mask bong thing, and they're like, "Oh my god!" Um, and then there's this really intimate scene between Dina and Ellie where they find uh, some joints that have been left behind. And I don't know, like, I haven't seen very many video games with, like, actual pot smoking in it. Like, no. I, 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 I'm assuming that has something to do with, like, international laws because there are some countries that just, like, really don't like the pot smoking. Yeah, um, maybe. But we get this really intimate scene between Dina and Ellie, which is also one of the... Man, my cat is just going to town with some <laughs> toy i love him to death um and uh also the first scene where like the kissing actually like seemed like natural and like yep. it looked fine the animation is <laughs> so good like all of the yep. facial uh animations in this game the mocap incredible yep they did a really uh, good job they did do a good job um and then at, at what point do we find out joel's in trouble uh so that Jesse finds them in the grow house after they've yes. had their fun after they've had their fun. Yes. And <laughs> he he confirms that um Joel and Tommy never checked in. Yes. And they are gonna go out looking for them. And yeah. then that's when we cut to uh to Abby again as she's being chased down by a horde and Joel and Tommy are helping her out. All the while she doesn't know who they are. She's just like, Oh crap, I don't wanna die. Gotcha. It's coming back to me now. So what are your thoughts when you were first playing as Abby and seeing sort of her crew? Uh, my first thoughts were, who the hell are these people? <laughs> yeah. Um, because I know there were leaks in April, and I know that there was a bunch of stuff. I did everything I humanly possible to avoid. I was going to ask you if you had seen this. any of those or read any of these leaks. I, I read them after the fact, and honestly, like, I, had I read them beforehand, it still wouldn't have turned me off to playing the game. Same, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think. Like, I understand people that just do not want to be spoiled by anything and just want their entire experience to be fresh. But like, even if you had learned what we're about to, to talk about, um, the death, um, even if you had learned that, you still w wouldn't have known what place, like, what part of the game this had taken place in. Um, and you wouldn't have understood like the context around that either, you know? So like spo spoilers only do so much like, yep. you know, like even if I had read that, it wouldn't have taken that much 
from the overall experience, I don't think. Yeah. Um, So let's get there. Um, Abby is on this sort of her own sort of revenge quest to, uh, to, to get Joel. Um, You know, we get this really um, sort of heartfelt scene between her and Owen. Owen's like, Hey, I've got to show you something. And they trek up this hillside and they look down and they see uh, the city of Jackson. um, And they're like, Holy crap. There's an entire city of these people. Uh, Where do we even begin? And as you said, Abby sort of goes off on her, on, on her, goes off on her own, gets into trouble and sort of stumbles on, uh, on, on Joel and Tommy as if by that, that Hollywood magic, right? Yep. (laughs) Pure coincidence. Pure coincidence. Um, and so they're all in trouble and, um, it just, so, and then they, um, Abby's like, Hey, I got a place. (laughs) I got, I got a safe place for you guys. (laughs) And so they, they hightail it back and we get that sort of moment where, Joel and Tommy are sort of in this room with all of these people that we don't know yet. Yep. Um, they're all kind of talking in hushed whispers and, and Tommy's like what it looks like you guys have, have seen us before. Well, I I think like the real disconnect that happens there is I don't think they have seen them before. They know the name. I'm sure they do because through the firefly network, they know, Oh yeah. You know, Joel is bringing this girl, Ellie but all they know is his name. So as soon as he says his name and uh, he turns around, he's like, Oh, you guys have seen a ghost or something like that. Yeah. And Abby shoots him in the leg with a shotgun. Like that's the first moment that everyone is like, Oh, Oh, okay. Okay. This is where we're going. And then the dots start to connect for the people who didn't read any spoilers. You're like, Oh crap. These are fireflies. Did you think that Joel was going to die? Um, considering that I was never spoiled for it. Uh, well, and even we, I, I, in, like, in, the, in the trailers and the marketing leading up to this, they sort of led you to believe that Dina was going to be the one to sort of take the hit here and die. Yeah. Right? So, And yeah. I fell for that hook, line, and sinker. I was like, yeah. Dina's just going to go, I guess. Like, that's fine. I never and, once suspected that it was going to be Joel, which I guess I'm just a fool, and I probably I mean, like, am. I'm an idiot, it, but in that moment, in that moment, like as it was happening, I thought no, it wasn't, because then it cuts to Ellie, and when yeah. you're cutting to Ellie, uh, I was expecting to go through and do like an actual infiltration kind of encounter, mm-hmm. but no, it's nope. a panic encounter. Yeah. So as soon as it was a panic encounter, I'm like, oh no. Joel Joel's dead. I know he's gonna die. It's it's gonna happen. Because if um, Ellie if Ellie is panicked and just storming in there, it's not gonna end well. Yeah. So she does that and it doesn't. And um we get this shot of Ellie and Joel um both on the floor, both knocked out. Joel is in considerably worse shape. Yeah. But they have this moment of eye contact. Um, and Joel, you know, like there's, there's no dialogue here, but you get this sense from just Joel's eyes of him telling her that like, it's okay. You know, like I've got you, it's all right. Yeah. You know? And, um, it first scene that like in a video game that really like 
has sent full full on tears down both of my cheeks. <laughs> you know, I didn't expect it. It came out of yeah. out of left field um for me. And uh man, I don't know, what were you feeling? Uh it was tough. Um because you grow attached to Joel and you feel like you kind of feel Joel's pain in the process because, you know, you did go on this journey in the first game halfway across the country, like he was telling Tommy and, you know, you grow to care for not just him, but for Ellie. Um, And honestly, like after I finished that scene, that was my first kind of cutoff for the first day because I needed like I needed to sit back and I needed to kind of reflect on what just happened and I kind of came back to it with this thought in my head of well what if Last of Us has never has never actually been Joel's story what if it's always been Ellie's story we just played more as Joel in the first one because Ellie has been the center was actually the center of the first one because it was all about getting her to Salt Lake City. Right. And Joel was just a smuggler. But now it has taken uh the love that we had for Joel, taken Joel away and left us with Ellie who was the focal point of the first one to begin with. Mm-hmm. And now it's it's fully her story and it's her story to tell and what she Well, does. At least for the first half of this game. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, so Joel dies, which is huge on its own. Like, such a bold move on behalf of Naughty Dog to kill off with a fucking golf club in such a brutal way. Kill off the one person that most of their fans uh, loved more than anything. Yep. You know, but also I, it couldn't like looking back. I'm like, I was an idiot. Like it couldn't have been Dina because if Dina had died, there's we, we would, we don't feel that attachment yet over Dina. Like we do for Joel. So her yep. like quest for revenge wouldn't have made as much sense. And we wouldn't have resonated with it to the extent that we all did. So yeah. it, it had to have been Joel. It had to be Joel. I hate it. I don't, I don't like it any more than <laughs> any more than you, but it had yep. to be Joel. So, uh, Seattle days one through three. And you know, do you think this was the point where people jumped off of the, uh, like off of the wagon? Like, is this where the sort I, of the controversy comes from? Where I know. Fans are you, just like, I know from just from reading stuff after the fact that that's definitely a part where people did it. I know of a streamer. I can't remember where it was. Uh, one of the Asian countries was playing through this game. And as soon as Joel died, he took the disc out and he cut the disc on stream because he's like, no, I can't do this. That's I was so too attached stupid. To it. And, and I'm like, and then he, he went the extra step and he got his copy of uh, last of us remastered and cut that up too. And I'm like, okay, so dumb. I, I get it. Burning you know? all of his last of us merch in a, in a trash can somewhere, you know? tearing the posters off his wall. Like so I dumb. get it. We all love Joel. Joel was, the father figure that everyone always wanted because, you know, he went, he literally went into slaughter hundreds of people to save somebody's life. Yeah. 
And yeah. Like I, I, I get it, I get it, but I don't. Like it's just good storytelling. <laughs> you yeah. know? Like just get, getting angry at a story that's being told and like just stopping there without getting the like what comes after and the consequences of that, it's just mind mind blowing to me that you would not want to know what, what happens after. But yeah. anyway, I digress. Um Seattle days one through three. Uh we get Dina and Ellie's sort of journey to uh, so Tommy leaves a whole day ahead of them uh, mm-hmm. to to um, and I don't know if that I guess that was on purpose right like he maybe didn't yeah. want them to come with him didn't want to put them in, yeah. in, in danger yeah in the note that he left for uh, Maria he said Ellie's gonna try to follow me uh, Dina's gonna try to follow me you yeah. have to stop them you can't let them go uh, and then Maria is like, nah, he needs help. <laughs> yeah. You need to bring my idiot husband back to me. And like, yeah. But, so- I mean, kind of fast forwarding a bit to like day three for Abby. Yeah. Tommy didn't need no help. Tommy no. was sniping people all over the place. And then Tommy Eagle was Tommy. Tommy's badass. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, they leave to go find Tommy, uh, or catch up to Tommy rather on his sort of, um, uh, revenge, his own sort of revenge quest because they killed his yep. best friend. Right. Um, and so we get sort of these glimpses of the carnage that Tommy leaves behind. We sort of, we're kind of his cleanup crew for the first, <laughs> the first couple of days. Yeah. You know, we're just getting the scrap, the scraps that Tommy leaves behind. Um, so uh, I will say this uh, mechanically, I ended up getting a little miffed on day one because they teased us with like some kind of open world. And you're like, oh, cool. I have a map. I can explore Seattle. And then after that, no, you, you never did it anymore. Yeah, I kind of I kind of <laughs> liked that, though. So, um, you know, God of War does something kind of similar where it's like open world, but not quite like it sort of just provides you these sort of open spaces for you to explore a bit. And then yeah. you're like kind of off on your very linear journey again. And I don't hate that, you know, like I, I'm playing this game to ex- experience a, a sort of A to B journey, you know, yeah. a, across a, across a story. So I, I love that it sort of gave us the the option to explore an open area. And he's talking about Seattle, by the way. I don't know if, yeah. if, we, if we brought that up. Um, but you eventually get to the city of Seattle, you find a map and you're able to sort of kind of explore around. Um, there's a bank, um, and there's a a ton of just these optional sort of routes that are, uh, these buildings that you can explore. I missed one, by the way. Uh, I missed the, the music store. I don't know if you, if, if you, I I hit it the first time around. Yeah. Which is apparently an amazing, uh, sort of experience. I still don't know what happens to that store. Feel free to, to, to spoil it for me. In, in that store, uh, you get Ellie going in with Dina and uh, she finds a guitar and she starts playing. And it's not the same song that Joel played and that is not the prevalent throughout. The, yeah, it's uh, Take On Me. Take On Me. Yep. And Take she's singing it me. to oh, that Dina. Voice crack. <laughs> yep. I should she's never sing it. She's singing it to Dina again. and it's like, oh. Uh, but it was a cool That's moment nice. for them. It yeah. was a cool moment to see that. And um, some of my favorite parts of this game are those moments that are kind of just take a break and yeah. allow you to just sort of breathe. Um, yeah, that that that's awesome. That's great. 
Um, and then, so one of the standouts for me was the bank and getting sort of that, um, one of the many sort of excellent side quests or not, not side quests. I shouldn't say that, but sort of these side stories that you can unravel as you play through this game, through the notes. Um, there's such great world building just off the side that you can entirely miss. Um, if you're not very closely paying attention and I love that about this game. Um, so you find this bank, right. And through the notes and the skeletons that are like, um, left behind um you learn this you know just this sort of really short side story that like these people were like robbing this bank on on outbreak day and uh like got locked in this vault (laughs) and like one of them was infected um and so like the the world is just filled with these like really excellent stories and there's one other one that I, i definitely want to talk about later but um good stuff yeah very good stuff um and i guess to kind of get through the first three days, you know, I can see all like the issues that Ellie is kind of facing and how she wants to prioritize uh, finding Abby and finding Tommy uh, in that order, because she would rather kill Abby first than say Tommy is like her headspace is right. Which goes a lot to show, how I guess how dedicated she was and how much she felt she owed owed Joel, Mm -hmm. even though you find out later on through her flashbacks in the first three days that she already knew what had happened and that um, how it affected her and how she storms off on him and how she hates him for, you know, what happened. Um, yeah, it's tough, man. It's heavy. Um, but we get some excellent sort of relationship building between Dina and Ellie mm-hmm. during this part. And then we find out that um, after this exceptional uh, sort of um, arena area in the subway with the really like bold red lighting and then you've got like the clickers and the, the wolves are like are coming out. I love that sequence. It's incredible how how you can like pit the clickers against the the bad guys. Uh, yep. Awesome! I haven't really quite seen anything like that before. Uh, that was great. I love like Molotoving those guys and just their screams will like draw out the uh, incredible. Yeah. Love it so much. <laughs> uh, so after after that uh, sort of escape sequence, they find the theater. Um, and then we find out that Dina's actually pregnant. Yep, and it's Jamie's kid. Jesse's Jamie's kid. child, or Jesse's. Sorry, God dang it! <laughs> Correct me every time, please. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> um, and Ellie is understandably miffed over this, you know, because in in her eyes, like, you know, she had a very clear point A to point B sort of quest for her own like revenge, and now th- this has kind of thrown a curveball. In her and yep. her sort of plan, like now she has to think about someone else other than her own sort of, uh, well, yeah, her like selfish desire to exact revenge. Yep. Um. So what happens after this? She leaves Dina behind in the theater. Um. Because she got the lead for I think that's this was the lead for Leah. 
the lead for Leah. Um, to go track down Leah, and then Leah was already dead by that by that time. But she oh, got yeah, yeah. Yeah. then she got the lead the from hospital. Nora. Yeah. Yes. Well, Leah was somewhere else. The TV station. Yeah, yeah, TV station. Yeah, yeah. Le- right. Leah was in the TV station already gone, uh, and then that's when we're not directly, but first introduced to uh, the Seraphites. Hmm. Uh, yeah. The, the scars, as uh, they that, kept calling them. Before that, we get an awesome flashback between Joel and Ellie as well in the museum. It's yep. Ellie's birthday, and uh, and Joel's like, "Hey, come on, I've got to, I've got to show you something." And uh, they kind of go through this museum with uh, like the dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, r- again, one of those really sort of heartfelt, slow moment. And y- I had the thought through this, like I am not a super huge fan of the combat in this game. If this game were just <laughs> those moments, I would be fine with it. Just give yeah. me the like the narrative bits, the storytelling. I'm fine with it, man. Like this game is just an open book novel that I just want to dive into so good yeah. just give me those moments um we get this really sort of heartfelt moment between joel and ellie in the space capsule um yep. where he finds or he gives her a cassette tape with the uh the first launch to the moon um yep. and she like closes her eyes and sort of envisions the launch um so so good and also on my second playthrough i noticed on joel's nightstand he has a um, outer space for dummies book that he's been reading through. Nice. And it was just one of those moments that I was like, Oh, he's like yet again, <laughs> we just love Joel so much. Yep. You know, like he just wants to be an incredible father, you know, and it's so clear that he just wants to connect with her. Like, and you know, and he admits during this museum trip that like, he doesn't understand the, the outer space stuff. He doesn't fully get it. But he's he's trying because he knows that it, it matters to to Ellie. Yeah. Um, so good. <laughs> so good. But then yep. yes, um, we get that uh, first sequence with the Seraphites, which you were about to get to before I could. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, we get to the Seraphites, which wasn't actually the Seraphites. Like we know that they did it, but they were gone, and they just strung up all these uh all these wolves and the wlf wlf people they just come in and they're that made for a fun encounter uh just trying to escape the tv station the seraphites are fucking terrifying yeah (laughs) like scarier than the clickers almost (laughs) yeah because they're intelligent and they can actually shoot you whereas a clicker if you really wanted to if you really wanted to, you could just outrun a clicker and then you're fine. Yeah. But very these simple. things, no, they'll shoot you. And like just the way that they communicate and like whistle to each other across like a long distance. Um, the whistles are unnerving. It's so unsettling. Yep. It's so unsettling. And you could be hidden anywhere and you still have the feeling like they're, they're coming for you. They're, they're yep. going to find you. So good. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I did like mechanically also is, uh, there was always an escape route. You didn't have to do all the fighting if you didn't want to. Yeah, uh, how, you just had to work your way out. How do you how do you play this game? Like, are you one of those people that like likes to play everything like super stealthily? And like, if you if you screw up, like you have to like reset the encounter. Are you like one of those people? Uh, no, because 
I, I, I go until I have a death. Ideally, I like to stay out of combat for some for stuff like this. I do like to go stealthily and maybe like I'll sneak by and kill a, a few people if I have to. Yeah. Uh, but my goal is to get get out, go from point A to point B and avoid the conflict as much as possible. If I screw up and the conflict is coming, then I will pull up, pull the guns out and I will start firing and okay. doing everything yeah. that I have to do. So, and that's, I think that's what you're supposed to do in this game. I think if you're one of those people, like I said, that likes to play these games very stealthily, you don't want to be caught. Um, you don't want to ever have that sort of, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit feeling, <laughs> right? <laughs> of just like, like this game is designed to sort of like, you're going to screw up. Like the enemy AI is, is good. They're going to find you. You're going to screw yep. up somehow. You're going to knock something over. That's going to alert the AI to your presence. They're going to, they're going to find you. And so if you're yep. one of those people that like always resets the encounter, I think you're missing a very huge part of the way this game is designed. Yeah. Um, let yourself, if I could encourage you to do one thing, if you're one, if you're one of those people, let yourself feel that sort of, Oh shit feeling and run, <laughs> run and sort of like reset somewhere, you know, um, and get your bearings that way because the combat encounters are, are definitely designed yeah. to be played that way. And they're so rewarding when you can come out on top that way. So anyway, my two cents. Yeah. Um, is there anything left so, with days one through three that we want to, uh, on? I guess the only other thing I would want to touch on is the end of day three before it transitions into, uh, Abby's days one through three. Yeah. Go for it. Where Abby, like you're, you're basically, you find out, okay, crap. Abby is here. Uh, Tommy is like under her foot and as Jesse and Ellie are running out to save Tommy, Jesse gets shot in the face. And this mm. is after Jesse finds out from Ellie, not from Dina, that the baby is his. And he, he's like, oh yeah, you know, um, I wish he would have told me sooner. And yeah, like he's having his moment of redemption and all of a sudden his life is over. Hmm. Um, and yeah, that's it happened something so fast. It did. Like he runs out the door, and the instant he runs out the door, I still can like picture it in my head. He's got like a hole on this side of his yeah. face, and yeah. he's just laying on the floor. And I'm like, oh, all right, that was a major character again that yeah, just it's got off again. Sort of just the reminder that like nobody is sacred in this world. You know, anybody yep. could go like that in an instant, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and then uh, we jump to, to Abby. And as we go through her days one through three, I was actually kind of taking mental inventory of all of those people who uh, Ellie was tracking down. And then when I saw Manny, I'm like, we didn't kill Manny. I wonder what happened to Manny. Man, and I, I, I did not bring this up, but like I hated nobody more than I hated Manny in the prologue of this game when he spits on Joel's face and goes, yep. Punta. Oh, yep. man. Hated that guy. Hated him and so much. And then I bet you did a full 180 like I did when you see Love how Manny. he's such a, he, like he was such a good guy and such all he wanted character, was to, yeah. 
he all he wanted to do was like be there for his friends and he yeah. wanted to be the guy that everyone can rely on and just walking through um the stadium with him as abby and the way he interacts with everyone there it's like manny's the guy <laughs> manny's the man like everyone loves manny manny is the guy that everyone wants to be around uh who wants to drink with he who wants to party with i mean he's the ladies man manny was like the center of attention yeah and you know you, you grow fond of him and then you know like anyone else you go fr- grow fond of in this game ripped ripped away from you <laughs> yep <laughs> all right so um that about wraps up with the first Days, days one through three with, with uh, overall, how did you feel about the journey with, with, with Ellie and Dina? I thought it was a lot of tribulation and I thought story wise, this was Ellie's kind of turning point, kind of figuring that she has to be the one to do this by herself. Uh, and then part of me, like still reflecting on it, doesn't think that she's still completely sold on the fact that she needs anyone else in her life Mm. because you know she had dina day one dina says she's pregnant she goes out by her own on her own uh then jesse shows up randomly uh when you think you're gonna go save tommy it's jesse and you know the next day after you go out with jesse on day three jesse's like well I'm going to go take care of Tommy because Tommy's over here and he needs help. And Ellie's like, no, screw you. I'm going to go after Abby. Yeah. So she just runs off on her own again. Forgot about that. Thank you for, for, because that was also a very powerful moment. Ellie had the choice, you know, and she, she chose her revenge arc over, over Dina. Um, Okay. So we get to Abby's story. This is a, a huge, sort of shift again in this game. So the first one is definitely Joel's death. Yeah. And then we get this huge momentum shift where we start playing as, as Abby. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first thought was, Oh, okay. So I've been playing at this point for 20 ish hours, uh, maybe a little bit more. No, it would have been right around 20 hours. And we start playing as Abby, and I'm like, and I think I messaged you too, and I was like, I think this is going to be maybe a fourth of the game. Like, okay, I'm looking at like the upgrade trees I have. There's only three that I'm seeing here. Yeah. Um, clearly, like this is going to be like the last sort of like section of this game that we're going to start playing as 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 Ellie again. That turned out to not be the case. <laughs> no, it was a long three days. We still have another half of this game, fella. Yeah, <laughs> buckle up. Um, and you were definitely like, th- um, thinking sort of the same thing, right? Yeah. I'm like, I gotta be like halfway through, right? Yeah. About, it was a little less than halfway because I didn't know how much epilogue there was either. So. <laughs> yeah. So we, we pick up an, an Abby shoes. First, we get that sequence between her and her dad where they're in this, uh, park and we get that scene with the zebra that's caught in the, in the, in the yep. barbed wire. Um, and it's worth noting here that these people are fireflies yep. from, from the first game. Um, and we see a glimpse of like how much they have that they care, like they're different, right? Like they, yeah. they care about, about life. 
Yep. Um, and these were also, we, we find out that her dad was the surgeon that was supposed to do the job on Ellie mm-hmm. to create the vaccine. Yep. Um, and her dad ended up being the first person that Joel killed at rescuing Ellie. Yeah, shot in the face. Well, yep. maybe. I guess it depends on where you shot shot the doctor. But if you still <laughs> shot the doctor in his toe, he still died. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So that's huge. So already, like, we're we're understanding at this point what drove Abby to kill Joel in the first place. Yeah. Uh, and that's also our our first sort of understanding that oh, so these characters like they're all they all have their own distinct motivations, you know. And it's the first glimpse that we can also kind of understand Abby's point of view, you know, like seeing Joel die the way that he did, like there can be no possible answer why like this is okay. And then it's not okay, but you understand why somebody could be driven to want that man dead, you know, because that man is responsible for the deaths of so, so many, you know, so many more people could have been saved by Joel. If he had just allowed the doctor to do his job and um, allowed Ellie's life to mean something. And we find out from Ellie later too, that that's what she would have wanted. Yep. And it, it, it sucks. It's very heavy, especially for, for Abby, because this, this all kind of feeds into the old kind of trope that um, vengeance begets vengeance. Yeah. Because a, a very distinct theme and through line through this whole thing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's rough. But anyway, to kind of get back in, you know, your first day uh, going through with Abby uh, ends up being f- going through what you think is going to be a routine mission uh, to finding out, you know, you get ambushed by the scars and it's a rough ambush, uh, like to the point where it was one of those combats where you were trying to escape because you were already overwhelmed. And then you find out, Oh, I just had to wait this out anyway, because after about like four or five minutes, the boys are back in town and they come in and they, and uh, they just start shooting up the rest of the scars and they take you to, to the fob. And that's when you find out uh, the reason everyone is going to the base and everyone is fine is on edge is because Isaac wants to mount an all-out offensive and just get rid of the scars all of them all at once one fell swoop uh hiding using a storm as a front they're gonna go onto the island and they're going to slaughter all of these people sure and still at this point we don't really have a good idea of who the the seraphites are you know like we know them as barbarians like up until Mm -hmm. this point because that's all we've seen you know and so it makes sense in that moment to hear isaac say you know, so I don't like approve of of that sort of mentality. That like, all right, his answer is just like the only way that we can sort of end this violence between uh, the wolves and the seraphites is just killing them all. Like that's got to be yeah. the answer because we've we tried to do this truce and the truce didn't pan out because um, and there's you know mixed reports on both sides that the wolves are the ones that that broke truce. No, it's the seraphites that broke truce. Yeah, regardless, 
the truce was broken. It didn't work. And they're at, they're at war again. And so Isaac is in, is in a place where like, they can't keep on, they can't keep up like this, this warfare up. Like too many people are dying. It's, it's come at too great of a cost. And so it's easier in his mind. They're the ones that have all of the guns. They're the ones that have all of the people he thinks. Um, so it's easier in his mind to just kill all, all, all of these people. Yep. Um, but before that, we also get this glimpse of Abby walking through that first level where they're like literally torturing people on that first floor. And you're like, Oh, (laughs) so the wolves are, are like kind of fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. Like they, they are this like sanctuary for a lot of people in this stadium where they're sort of like base. I don't know if we talked about that at all. Um, but even though they're like, they're a sanctuary, they draw people in, but they have sort of these ulterior darker motives. Yep. Um, so yeah, that happens. And this is the point where I have stopped taking notes. (laughs) (laughs) I am just fully invested in this story. So, uh, what happens at, after this? So, um, Oh, she, she finds out that Owen is missing, right? Yeah, she finds out that Owen is missing, so she's running to... She she knows where he is. He's going to be in the aquarium, so she convinces Manny to cover for her, and she's going to go to the aquarium to find him. Uh, in the process, she gets captured by Seraphites. Yeah. And that's where we get that first scene that was iconic, like in the, that first trailer that... Yep. Uh, like everyone saw it at E3 like a yeah. few years ago and like, oh, what happened to Ellie? Ellie's so thick now. Like what happened? She's <laughs> like, sw- like swole Ellie got to work and uh, now we know that it was Abby the entire time mm-hmm. and she was captured and the people that were saving her were other Seraphites who have denounced the faith and are now being hunted by the loyalist seraphites so we're introduced to uh yara and lev amazing characters yeah really well built characters like just their stories and uh what they have to endure and uh i'll be honest uh some of the things that naughty dog did in this game in terms of like the social dynamic uh go above and beyond what most other developers are doing. Like you have uh, Ellie and Dina as a gay couple. And then oh, yeah. you have, you have Lev who's having the identity issues where as you're playing through, you find out Lev was born a girl, but has never he's, felt like a girl. Yeah. And his transition. Yep. He's, uh, he's trying to transition, shaves his head. And that's why people want to kill him. Yeah. Yeah great yeah and uh, i think that's also where a lot of this sort of pushback comes from and i think that pushback is fine it's totally fine like if that's the cost that uh yeah progressive sort of takes have to have to then fine like (laughs) let it be i I mean it's it's the world we live in like get used to it yeah that's gonna happen at this point um yeah for sure and not even just that but also what they do with just like um just like nobody, like I feel like one of the themes and one of the through lines is there are no heroes and there are no villains in this story, yep. right? Like 
there's just misunderstanding. And um, so like, and it, Abby starts off hating the Seraphites. You know, she calls yep. them like, uh, everybody calls them scars. That's sort of their yep. slang term f- for the Seraphites. And then she meets Yara and Lev who save her life. Yep. Cut her down from a noose. Um, and they sort of escape together. And uh, y- Yara, right, breaks her arm. Uh, so they, the Seraphites broke Yara's arm yeah, in yeah, front, yeah. which is actually part of the uh, distraction that Abby needed. So at this point, Abby's standing tiptoe on the bucket before they kick it out from under her. Um, they bring Yara and they say clip her wings so they hold her down and smash her arm yeah uh, super and then hard that's, to watch yeah and then that's when Lev shows up and shoots him with an arrow Yeah, and the whole craziness happens and then Lev ends up cutting her down and uh, from that point forward they're running for their, for their lives mm-hmm. to make it to the aquarium because it's the only place that she knows is going to be safe, especially because uh, she can't go back to the wolves because there's their scars. They'll kill them on sight, but she owes them their, uh, she owes the two of them her life. So she's like, all right, we have to go to the aquarium and maybe Owen has some stuff there. Yeah. But they don't make it all the way. They get, I don't know, halfway, right? And they find sanctuary, brief sanctuary at night in this sort of trailer home. Yeah. Um, and Abby actually leaves both Yara and Lev in that home after splinting um, Yara's arm. Yeah. Um, thinking that she'll, she'll Thinking that fine. they're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then she leaves and goes back to the aquarium to meet up with, with Owen. Um, and then realizes that Yara and Lev are not going to be okay. Yeah. But there's still a ton of Seraphites, and so she actually goes back um, to rescue them yeah. out of their situation. It's the first time that, that Abby sees humanity in the Seraphites. Yep. And the transition before she goes back, because she goes back on day two, this is when we also find out that Abby is having nightmares and reliving the time where she's running through the hospital mm-hmm. and she sees her dad dead. Yeah. Right where Joel shot him. Uh, and you know, that dream over the course of the next few nights evolves in, into different things. But, you know, as far as we know, she's been having this dream every night mm-hmm. at that point. And, you know, that's, something haunting her like her her dad is gone because of this guy and the fact that she is still having that dream after getting her vengeance kind of speaks volumes of the fact that revenge doesn't actually do any healing all you did is kill somebody else yeah yep keeps the cycle moving yep so long story short they get yara and love eventually back to the aquarium right and then they yep. find out from Mel that oh uh, that splint thing isn't isn't gonna isn't isn't gonna do the trick. Yara yep. is 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 gonna get a what's that condition called? She's got compartments in gross, gross arm condition. 
Yeah, close enough. Her her arm is just filling with blood like a balloon, and yep. it, it going to pop. Um, so they need to amputate it, but they don't have any of the tools to do that. And so, yep. uh, Lev is like, "Hey, we, we can use one of our uh, like seraphite roads back to uh, the hospital where they can get all of these supplies, right?" Yep. Um, we don't have to go super in depth into that, but I will say their relationship in this sequence is one of my favorite sequences in the in the, in the whole game. I think um, I feel like because you find out a lot about Lev during this sequence, yeah, and you also find out more about Abby because uh, you hear Lev being like a comfort and a guide for her, and mm-hmm. she is freaking the crap out because she's terrified of heights, absolutely yeah. terrified, and this road that Lev mentioned is like a crane that's between skyscrapers. <laughs> it's the worst thing for somebody that's deathly uh, terrified yep. of heights. <laughs> and uh, I, I did want to briefly touch on that too, because I love what they did with, uh, with Abby and how you like, if you look down off a ledge, the camera would sort of zoom out and wide so that you get Give that you sense of feel, that yeah. sort of vertigo feeling inside. Yep. So, so smart. Um, and I, I want to say too, if you continue to like look down, she'll like slip on on the ledge because that's yeah. what you do when you're afraid of heights and you're looking down, like you're gonna slip and probably fall. Um, yeah, so smart. I, I I love what they did there. Yep. Um, so they get back to the hospital, right? Um, they collect the supplies. I don't know. I'm, there are so many things that ha- like happen in this sequence, and it like f- flashes so, back and flashes forward so many times. The one thing I want to touch on in the hospital is yeah. the one thing that legitimately scared me this entire game, which was that infected blob thing. Oh, I forgot about that. How did that I forget inf- about that? The infected blob thing that, like, yeah, there's no power in the hospital. And when she's trying to go in and, like, get power to stuff, you hear, like, this horrible, like, <laughs> deathly, like, yeah, like, gurgling, just, like, clickers. And this like, a- almost ancient sound. Like, yeah, and oh, she, that's and, nothing we've heard before. And she's like, what is that? Yeah. That sounds awful. That and then she, sound- she 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 goes about her way trying to find the the stuff, gets power back, and then even after getting power back, she can't find it. So as you're working your way back through to where it was, now this door that was locked has been is slammed like, open. Like not even like slammed open, it's been like torn like the Hulk got to it and just ripped it apart. And then you're just following a trail of blood and uh Trying to I find was, it in the in the thing here. Nope. That's I was far. legit terrified the first time I saw that thing. When you finally get to the ambulance and you're like, "Okay, I we found the thing that we were looking for," and then you're turning around to get out of the ambulance, and there is this thing. <laughs> like I don't even know what it's you a would call amalgamation it. of uh, several clickers. It's just this like blob of yeah. fungus and decay. And like just people evil. fused together, <laughs> yeah. and then you're you're running for your life, and then after running for your fight. life, after running for your life, you have to fight it. And when one of the clickers broke off of it, I was like, no, 
Uh-huh. Nope. Not gonna happen. No, no, no. No, no, no. And then you and then when you beat that thing, uh, you still have to fight that one little dude that ripped off. And that dude yep. that dude is spry. Yeah. Let me tell you. Because like I'm one of those guys also that like if it's a one on one fight, I'm not gonna use my gun. <laughs> like if it's if it's not shooting at me, I'm not gonna use my gun. So you know, I'm in there and I'm trying to fight it, and this thing was resilient. And I'm yeah. like, this is where I have to briefly mention too. I love that they gave Abby a different arsenal than what they had, uh, than what than what Ellie has. Like she plays completely differently, yeah. and she has a more robust sort of uh, weapon set at her disposal. She's got that yeah. flamethrower, which I loved. Uh, she has incendiary rounds for her shotgun. She has those explosive grenades. Uh, which super yeah. come in handy during that the boss little, fight. The, yeah. <laughs> uh, there were so many good things that, that she had. It, and just the way that they changed her melee combat to be. Yeah. She like handles completely, completely differently than Ellie yeah. does. And like, if you work down her melee tree, it's insane because you can literally like strike somebody and, kill them with one hit and then you can automatically strike the next person and then if you keep that streak up really you can just punch everyone to death if you wanted to right you probably get shot a lot in the process and probably die a couple times but hey you could you could do it um so after you kill this thing you head back to the hospital or you head back to the uh the aquarium sorry right yep um they patch up her arm uh, and then shortly after, Lev Lev leaves uh, to go back home to convince yeah. her mom uh, that to go with him to Santa Barbara, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we finally made it to day three. And Yara is trying to track Lev down this morning, uh, only finding out that Lev has left and her mom is so devout that she knows if we don't go save Lev, Lev is going to die. Like mm-hmm. mom is going to kill Lev. Uh, so they have to go to this island and save Lev. And it, it turns out into this kind of clusterfuck, basically, where it's literally you get to the island and you think you're there before the attack because the storm isn't in. But then after you run into Lev, you find out, oh, no, it's happening. Like, we're in the middle of this now. Yeah, and, and, by, then, that, and by that, you mean the wolves are, are, are finally attacking the island. Their whole yep. army, their whole entire force yep. is, is attacking the Seraphites. And you're going to be yep. in the middle of it. So you're, you're sort of navigating back towards their, their house to find, to find Lev, right? And yep. while they're attacking, everything is on fire. Um, yep. you, your companion, her is missing an arm. <laughs> and then you know, so I feel you feel like a, a big turning point for Abby came when uh, they were trying to escape the three of them all together after you saved Lev, and they run into Isaac. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it becomes this whole where do your loyalties lie and then um i can't remember if it was on day two it had to have been on day two because she said this to lev 
and she says why are you doing this for for us we're not your people or something like that and yeah. she goes no you, you are, are my, my people. people yeah so good one of the best lines in this game yep yeah and yeah. so she runs into isaac and then we lose yara uh isaac but, gets but shot in a, by in a, in a blaze of glory yeah like Yara's on the ground. Isaac is trying to confront Abby about Lev and Abby's defending Lev and then Yara with her last her literal last thing that she could do. She shoots Isaac. Isaac dies. Uh the other wolves finish off Yara and then Abby and Lev have to run. It gives them the the, uh, the chance to escape and and it leads to honestly one of my favorite things in the entire game like trying to escape from that island fires blazing in this entire like throughout the entire island was yeah. and we get that super brutal boss fight too with the seraphite with that with like the sickle right yep uh we end up like taking that at some point and like r- ripping that huge gash in his cheek Yep. Uh, super, super brutal fight. Oh, it, it's actually on stream right now. Look at that. Uh, <laughs> super fun fight. I enjoyed that yep. very much, but holy God, some of the <laughs> some of the, out of the violence in this game is just like gut-wrenching, dude. So yep. sickening. Um, I don't even know if I can watch this again. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we get out of there with Lev. We find a boat, and we head back to the aquarium to meet up with Owen and um, and Mel. Which is when we we find them dead. Yep. Um, and and uh, Lev finds the map that Ellie dropped on the way out. Yeah. And that basically and cat, catches us up into there, the. There's the also big a boss really fight. good moment that we didn't talk about with Ellie, where Ellie tries to do that trick that she learned from Tommy, where Tommy sort of derive the location of uh, one of the characters from these uh, two people in their squad by having one point to the map and the, then the other one tell like verbally uh, tell, tell Tommy like where this person is. And if the two don't match up uh, bad things are going to happen, right? Like yeah. that was sort of his, his method and it worked for Tommy because yep. Tommy again, badass. We've talked yeah. about that, but Ellie's not Tommy. Right, so we see her sort of try to employ the same tactic, and it clearly just doesn't work. You know, nope. she quickly loses control of the situation, um, and the the end result is she doesn't really get the information that she needs, and they're both dead. Yep. Just something that we we missed. There are yeah. so many things like I already know that like we haven't <laughs> talked about that we're just not going to be able to get to because this game is massive and there are so many moments and it's literally impossible to talk yeah. about everything that happens in this game in one podcast. But God, we are trying. <laughs> we're really trying breaking it we're down section by everything. section. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yes, so, so so they find Owen and Mel. They're dead. <laughs> um. Yep. What happens after this? Uh, she goes to the theater, and then it's the Ellie boss fight. Oh, the Ellie boss fight. This dang Ellie boss fight. Yeah, so... I, Which was... I'm so glad you're here, man, because we would just skim <laughs> over all of this. What did you think about this boss fight with Ellie? So, I was so used to 
play as playing as Abby, you could literally run up to somebody, punch him in the face, and you were fine. Yeah. And the first second that I went up and tried to punch Ellie in the face, and she pulled out the knife and like just got out of it and just stabbed you to death. I'm like, oh, so this is a thing. <laughs> and then like the first thing that pops up on that death window is make sure you don't attack Ellie uh, head first. <laughs> Thanks. I, I saw that message way more times than I care to admit. <laughs> uh, but I thought the fight was so much fun. It's um, so smart. And again, it's one of those things like, A, I died so much and I hate that fight between Ellie. It was the first time that I kind of stopped having fun, honestly. But thinking back on that fight, it's so smart and i respect what they did in that sort of sequence so much where they pitted you against again the one character that you that you consider to be the hero yep and it's after this moment where you realize oh maybe ellie isn't the hero of this story and just having you fight her in this sort of (laughs) (laughs) yeah the duck and cover sort of style and you can hear her like tinkering with her bombs and like setting these explosives in various places and you know what you know what that that audio cue is because you've played as ellie yeah you've set those bombs you set those traps to kill those freaking dogs which we also didn't talk about but frick those dogs oh those dogs (laughs) And, and like just the way that ellie reacts um like the first time she set one of the trip mines I happened to have a glass bottle and I just threw it at the mine to set it off. And you hear Ellie go, yes, I got you, bitch. And I'm yeah. like, no, you didn't. This was the cool. first, mo- this was the first time in this game that I really, really stopped liking Ellie. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I died so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So we, we finally, uh, well, we don't kill her. We're, we're seeing now what happens, but, um, yep. We get real close. We get real close. We're holding her. Um, we, so we, we stab Dina first, right? Uh, no. I'm like trying we're... to think ex- like the exact sequence of events that happens. No, we're about to kill. I'm sorry. We're, so we stab, we stab, uh, we stab Ellie and she's, she's that... on the floor and then we're about to kill Dina and she's holding the knife at her neck. Yep. And Ellie goes, stop. She's pregnant. After, that we we've just killed Mel, who is also pregnant. Yep. And and, and like Abby's reaction is to say good, good. And if it wasn't for Lev showing up, Abby would have killed died. Dina. Yeah. Yeah. So Lev sh- shows up and says stop. And Abby, seeing Lev, and I think out of respect for Lev, and like what she's shown her, yeah, she spares her life and she spares Ellie's life. And she leaves. Yep. And that's sort of the end of days one through three with Abby. Yep. And then we pick up um, years later. A year later. later. Uh, A year later. I think it's a year, maybe a little more. Yeah. Uh, I would say say it's more like a year and a half, maybe two years, because the baby is born um, and... It looks like a pretty big baby at this point. So you got to figure the baby's at least a year before um, Tommy shows up with any information. But like Ellie is living a good life. Like I feel like what hurts the most about all this is if you see the life that Ellie has 
with Dina on this farmhouse with the baby. Mm. Uh, and if you sit on the tractor long enough when you're tracking down the, the little stuffed animal and she yeah. sings a, the little potato song to the yeah. baby, I'm like, oh, this is like Ellie has happiness. Yeah, she's found it, man. Like, this is her happy ending. Yeah. She's content, seemingly content. Uh, and I, I did have that moment. I was like, are we getting a happy ending with The Last of Us Part 2? Could it be? Is it possible? No, Tommy shows up. <laughs> then freaking Tommy has to show up with his main leg. Yep. And it's clear that Tommy has, is very much has not come come to terms that uh, that Joel's killer is still is still on the loose. And so he's still yep. on this revenge quest of his own. But yep. the difference is that that Tommy can no longer pursue this person because of his leg. Yep. And so Ellie has to be that person yep, for him. And Ellie, of course, is in this place where she's like, no, man, like I'm, I have everything I need right here. And then she has that moment in the barn in the darkness, right? Yep. Where she sees Joel's face and she clearly still has PTSD that she's been yep. dealing with. And she realizes that she isn't at peace either. You know, that she's still not content. Yep. And so maybe it's for Tommy, but I suspect at this point that it's not just for Tommy. No, at this point she, she knows it's for her hmm. because like her conversation with Dina, as she's trying to sneak out of the house, which is shady, like sneak out of the house in the middle of the night, packing her bag, Dina wakes up and finds her. And she tells Dina, she's like, I don't sleep. I, I'm, I'm not okay. I need to go finish this. Yeah. And then Dina giving her the ultimatum of like, I can't remember exactly what she said, but it was a long, but she says, like, no, if, like you yeah, can't, you like, can't do this. Like, if you, you if you go, I, I like, I won't be here when you go back. Yeah. You can't choose this again over us. Yeah. And she leaves anyway. And at this point in the game, Jason, at this point in the game, I'm tired. Jake's tired. <laughs> Jake's ready for this game to end. I mean, and at this point in the podcast, I'm kind of tired. We've been at this me for too. Yeah. almost Same, an hour and a half sim- now. Similar feelings. And we still have more to go. <laughs> we still have more to go. And I feel like it has to be on purpose. Yep. I feel like there is no way that Naughty Dog didn't know that when players got to this point and they showed Ellie's sort of like a glimpse at what her life could have been that players would want to put down the controller there and be like, I'm done, but they don't do that. They know you're tired and they, they push on through, (laughs) they push on through. So we get, we go back to Abby uh, and, and, uh, and Lev and they are in Santa Barbara. Yep. They're in Santa Barbara. They are trying to track down down the fireflies. Yep. And they're, they got a lead. They got an address. Yeah. And this whole scenario just shows that nobody in this game is allowed to be happy because they track down the lead they find this address they find a hidden bunker they find a radio in a house that has solar power and after trying two of the frequencies and getting no reply they try the third one and they get a reply from firefly firefly base in catalina island and like they walk out of this this house uh 
walk through the garage and you see Abby actually smiling and she's like, come on, Lev, we're going to like, just, she goes, just, just admit it. I was right. Like there is some good in the world. And then no (laughs) statement denied shit rocked (laughs) by a different faction that we haven't even seen before, which again, just perpetuates this sort of idea that like, regardless of what happens in this world, like violence is still going to happen. There's still going to be groups with their own evil or like motivations or whatever. Which this group Nothing is the changes. most fucked up out of all of them. For sure. Uh, For sure. Yeah. So. So the how? What are they honestly doing? So they're they're taking sort of these slaves or. Yeah. So they take people as slaves, um. To get them to do all their work for them, and they yeah. kind of just coast because they have all the weapons, uh. But they also have, uh, infected. That they have chained up, which I thought was a lot of fun sneaking up to them and like pulling the pin and For letting sure. the infected Might run out. Just, on, yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, but, but it cuts back to it cut uh, to Ellie again, mm-hmm. uh, tracking down, um, tracking down Abby. Um, and she makes it to Santa Barbara. And just we're skipping over some things, but just with the intent to sort of wrap this thing up. Yeah, she sneaks into this place, kills a bunch of people finds Abby and Lev um, strung up sort of like almost like being crucified on the shore for like the, the goal, the, the, the seabirds sort of like peck at, peck at them. And they are truly like on their last leg. You know, we're seeing Abby skin and bones at this point. Yep. Um, The life has all but been drained out of her. And Ellie cuts her down. And looks and Abby looks at Ellie and there's no, there's no intent there to, to fight, to fight at all. You know, like Like she clearly like knows who she is. Yeah. She goes, it's you. Right. Yeah. All she wanted to do, she goes, she cuts Lev down, carries Lev and says, there's boats this way. They go, she sets Lev in the boat and she's planning to leave. And it looks like Ellie is planning to leave at first too. And then Ellie just turns around. She's like, we're going to fight. She, she she gets that flashback again of Joel's bloody face. And she's like, we're, we're like, going to we fight. We have to do this. We got to do it. I have and to Abby's do it. And like, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And then like Ellie hits a new low. Like she threatens to she holds Kill the knife Lev. to Lev. Yeah. Forces her. Yep. And then they have this fight, which is the most brutal and ungraceful fight because they are exhausted. They're, both tired. They're exhausted. They're like, battered. They're bruised. We don't know how long Abby has been strung up. Uh, Ellie has a hole in her side yeah. that she tried to stitch together from is, uh, like now that infected. Trap. Yeah. Yep. And just a savage fight between the two of them that, you know, Ellie had the chance to to end it, to kill her, and chose not to. She did lose two fingers in the process. Ellie yeah, did. so she gets her fingers bitten off. Yep. But can we just talk about, like, like what were you feeling during this fight? I was conflicted. That's I was extremely, putting it lightly. 
I was extremely conflicted, especially because I was playing as Ellie, and I didn't think I would just say those words out of my mouth because Ellie, like I had said at the beginning of this podcast, is probably the main character for Last of Us. Like, it's her story. And now all of a sudden, playing as Ellie, you're like, this doesn't feel right. Like, she just threatened a helpless person. Yeah. At this point, we're no longer on on Ellie's side. Like, that's safe to say. Yeah. And just that feeling of, like, I I was angry during this fight. Like, I'll just say that. I was not happy. I was like, I do not want to do this. The game is is demanding that I, I don't have any other choice but to be a bystander in this fight, watching Ellie push this knife deeper and deeper and deeper into Abby's chest. Like, it has you mash the square button. Yep. And just not having any sort of autonomy as a player, you know, and, and like, you cannot press the square button, which I'm sure many people did. But uh, you're going to fail that encounter and you're going to have to do it again because at this point, like she'll probably just turn it around and and kill Ellie and then you'll be forced to do it until you see it through to the end. Yeah. And it's just that sort of bold, like decision making on behalf of Naughty Dog. where like, we're so used as players in games now to be able to sort of influence the outcome and the decision making of these characters and this is very much not what that kind of game is. Like they had a very specific idea and a very specific story to tell. And you are merely just a bystander of that story. You know, you may not like the, like what happens. You may not like um, the story that they're telling, but they're going to tell it anyway, you know? So you can either be along for the ride or you can dip. So some people dipped and some people were along for the ride, yep. but uh, man. So she is holding Abby's head under the water. And she's about to drown her, and something inside of her says no. And either she realizes that she can't do it, or she doesn't want to do it. Or she just wants to break the cycle. Or she wants to break the cycle. Yeah. And she lets her up, and she's like, just go. And you, you see Abby just get up, walk off to the boat, and you see the boat go off screen after she leaves with Lev, and Ellie is just sitting there defeated. Defeated, but we also get sort of this, at least a glimpse of hope that maybe, maybe there's still some humanity left in Ellie, you know, that she, we haven't completely lost this character that we love, you know, that maybe she still has a chance. And then she heads home. Yeah. She goes home and it's empty. Of course, uh, Dina was good on, on her word. She packed up everything other than her things. And left other yeah, and then uh, and then Ellie, you kind of explore the house, and she goes back into her room, and of course all of her things, all of her uh, like music posters, all of her artwork is still there, and again it's a, a reminder of what of the person that she could have been if yeah if this universe weren't a thing, you know. <laughs> and, and literally the most heartbreaking thing is the last thing you do in the game that actually has you oh. interact with it oh. is she's trying to play the play song that, that again. Pearl jam song that Joel taught her, but she can't because she doesn't have these two fingers anymore. Yeah. But it's so still, she can't hit the chords try. and it's like, and the, the song is broken know. and battered and tired just as Ellie yep. is just as we and are. Just like the lyrics of the song say she lost herself. Yeah. She lost Joel. So she lost herself. Yeah. And she so walks the, off. The, and yeah. That's it. That's the last shot we see. We see her, walk off 
into the woods. And my last question to you, where do you think she's going? I honestly don't know. I That's don't fair. think she's going to go back to Jackson. Part of me, if she's going to have a story again, feels like either she'll find a new town or she's going to go back to Boston. I, I want to believe that she's going back to Dina. I want to believe that so much. I, w- I want to too, but I don't know if I don't know if she has it in her to do that. Yeah. After everything that just happened. Well, and uh, you're clearly not alone because uh, during the kind of funny podcast, uh, they asked Neil Druckmann and Troy Baker and Ashley where uh, where Ellie is going, and none of them knew either. <laughs> You're like, honestly, we don't know. Like that's that's yep. up to our interpretation. You know, so and I love that about this game. You know, like there are so many sort of uh, takes and opinions and like you can be as cerebral and like high thinking about certain parts of this game as you want to be and sort of have those like really in-depth conversations about various aspects of of this game. The symbology of some things, Um, some things of which weren't even intended by by Neil Druckmann or the writers, (laughs) but yep. It's cool, man. I love that we just have this experience, you know, these like this very high level um, thing that we can just sort of talk about and discuss. Yeah. Um, uh, the last, I, I don't know if I want to end it on, on like a negative note, but I, I will say, I think this game was, man, I don't know. I want to say that this game is too long. You know, I don't know that triple A games need to be with as much detail as, as is in them with, with as much strain as it puts on like human beings while they're developing them. Um, I don't know that they need to be 40 out 30, 40 hour experiences. Like I think this thing could have been condensed some and we could have gotten maybe an extra couple of cutscenes to sort of deliver the information. But that said, I don't know that you would have gotten to Santa Barbara and sort of had those feelings of just being tired and been yep. able to like tie those feelings into what your characters are feeling. Yeah. I don't know. I don't uh, know. I feel like I feel like the length is good, uh, and I feel like the reason you wanted me on this is because I'm a fan of story. Because I will mm. put as an example my first playthrough of a. I went through Persona Five for the first time, first Persona game I ever Such played. Such a long game. <laughs> it was. I finished it at 98 hours, and that was just kind of like bare minimum like not really understanding persona mechanics and not really maximizing anything yeah 98 hours that's and, insane and it's like yeah it's it's long so i play games for the story which is why I like yeah and know, there are I've, some games that are just not designed to be played in a weekend you know yeah like you i mean i guess there are some people that just cram in a book and you know a couple a couple of days but generally yeah. if you're reading a good novel like you want to make that thing last you know like yeah. you want to savor it you know, and I think I think that's how this game was meant to be played. You know, don't rush. I, I feel like it, it is too it. because there's so many points where you could, literally, like at the end of every day in Seattle for each of the characters, uh, at the end of the prologue, like those are all moments that you can stop and be like, I need to take some time and I need to mm. kind of digest this. Yeah. So 
Yeah, and, and that was the same for me. Like, I, I finished this game, and I was feeling all these emotions, Jason. I was feeling angry. I was feeling sad. I was feeling depressed. I was like, I don't even know if I like this game. And then I, was, I went, and I listened to various discussions, and I had time to reflect on it. And then now I'm in a place of, like, holy God, this is in the same place for me as something like God of War. Uh, yep. I have so much respect and admiration for what they've created. Uh, if you love uh, this art form at all, uh, please play this game. <laughs> you yeah. owe it to yourself to experience it. Uh, J- Jason, any, any any closing thoughts? If you're going to play Last of Us, if you've made it through this far, uh, and we just spoiled the entire game for That's you. That's it, yeah. And you and you still <laughs> and you still want to play this game? I think and I still think you, you should. Need, you need to go into it with an open mind mm. and let yourself really experience the story because the story this game tells is nothing short of a masterpiece. Yeah. Good words, man. Good words. Jason, thank you so much for sitting down with me and just allowing me to sort of geek out over this incredible game. Uh, I would not Thanks have wanted to, me, would not have wanted to do it with anybody else. I love your beautiful face. <laughs> I love you too, man. Um, and to, I'm so sorry. Uh, all of my alert system is like broken. So if you reacted to the stream or shared it or did something, uh, and I, I, I'm just not able to see those names anymore. Uh, but thank you very much for being a part of it and, uh, for, for, for doing your part and for just supporting. We appreciate it. Um, all right. Thank you guys so much. And if you enjoyed this, this, uh, this conversation, please consider, uh, following and consider checking out our, our other content. We, uh, record a news podcast that we, uh, put out on, uh, every podcast service everywhere. So regardless of what platform you're on, you can find us, uh, every week, every Monday. All right. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you. Bye. Take care. If you're one of the few people that make it to the end of these shows each week, man, from Ike and I both, thank you so much for listening. We truly do not deserve your attention, and we are honored that anyone, quite frankly, would carve out some time of their week to uh, listen to us. Uh, We would like to invite you to become a bona fide member of our community. You can join our group on Facebook by searching Dummy Thick Steely Boys. Uh, That space is really great for just sharing memes, uh, talking about games, Uh, Or you can join our Discord group by clicking the link in the show notes of this episode. That's kind of how we coordinate game sessions throughout the week and keep in touch. Uh, Think of that as like a nerdy group chat (laughs) with all your friends. Uh, Lastly, the music that you hear after the clap each week is is not ours. It is a beat from that kid, Goron. Uh, He produces a ton of beats, which are free to use, as long as you credit him. So again, that is that kid, Goron, G-O-R-A-N. Uh, If you would like to follow Isaac on Twitter, you can do so at E-Y-E-Z-A-H-K and myself at J-A-K-E-M-O-I-X. Thank you so much for listening again, and until next week, Frick Ferns.